0: Well, we are excited to be able to share with you this morning. You can probably tell we got a little bit of a uh, slightly different setup going today, and I'm, I'm excited to uh, be able to have our elder team with you today and sharing with you a little bit. So uh, I want to introduce these guys to you here in just a moment and kind of tell you a little bit of how we got to uh, this point here of, uh, of just wanting to share with you. Uh, we're going to dive into some scripture in a little bit, but first let me introduce our team uh, folks that are are here with us, uh, right over here is is Rick Hoff, uh, and then he and his wife Kathy have been uh, part of Gateway for a long time, over 10 years now, probably more like 15, Fifteen has it been 15 years, fantastic, yeah, so uh, been serving as an elder here for, for quite a while, uh, Ron Johnson on the other side, he and, and Vicky are probably the newbies, I guess, from the team, but y'all been here five, six years, something like that, you remember? Yeah, sure. we've
1: been members about five years, elder a little over a year, yep. So. Yep. So our newest
0: one to our team, and then uh, Dave Dryden, uh, his wife Amy, and uh, d- they've been here about a decade, maybe or so. I, I, I'm, it's hard for me to remember sometimes with people over ten, over ten years. Yeah. 10. yeah so, uh, and then James Howard is not able to be here with us today, and I'll share a little bit of his story with you guys uh, a little bit later on. But uh, we recently had a uh, a time where we you know get together about once a year and just have a little elder retreat, and one of the things that we talked about. At that retreat was the fact that, you know, this, th- these team uh, of folks are incredibly close to me. Uh, we do an awful lot together. We pray together. You know, we get together a couple times a month for prayer. We have uh, once a month that is more of a business-type meeting that we go through, uh, things like that. And then there's contact, of course, other times as things come up. But we realize that the congregation in general a lot of times really doesn't have as much personal interaction and direct interaction ...with our elder team, and so as we talked about that, we're like, well, wouldn't it be cool if we just had the team come up one morning during the message time... ...and we kind of just did a tag team where we opened Scripture together, because we, we've done a lot of this kind of thing in the past. We'll just read Scripture and talk about it, and what does this mean to us? And we thought, like, well, why not just do that for the whole congregation? And so that's what we're going to do today, and, uh, and we're going to be in the book of Ephesians today. So we'd invite you to, to join us in Ephesians uh, chapter 3, if you want to open up there with us, that would be fantastic... Um, and uh, and we're going to jump into uh, to this passage together today, starting in verse seven. So uh, let's read seven through thirteen. And I'm going to tell you the truth: we're just going to play this by ear. If we have time, we're going to get further. If we don't, we're going to stop in thirteen. So we'll just kind of see how that goes. Because uh, you know, give a, guy, a bunch of guys like us a mic, and we might not get as far as we think we're going to. But we'll see. Uh, let's start in verse seven. Ephesians three says, "I became a servant of the gospel." By the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. And to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. According to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him... And through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. So, part of what, what kind of got us going on this uh, passage, and, and especially this verse 8, where it says, I'm less than the least, even though I'm less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. So, I want to start with this, guys. Just, you ever feel like less than the least of these. You ever feel overwhelmed? I don't know if the word's overwhelmed, but just kind of not worthy, maybe, of the role of serving as an elder. I mean, how does this strike you when you when you read this?
2: Yeah, so I thought um, it might be helpful to give you a little bit more background than uh, Blake provided up front. Um, this church, as you know, we're going to celebrate our twentieth anniversary here coming uh, this fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but initially, this church was founded as a congregational church, and uh, Uh, It was only after Blake spent some time away in kind of a spiritual retreat, um, studying the uh, governance of the church according to uh, the New Testament um, uh, scriptures, especially uh, Acts and other places, and he felt led to believe uh, that uh, that was the proper structure for Gateway. And so, uh, he made a presentation to the uh, uh, congregation, and the congregation agreed that that was the direction that we should go. And so… Uh, The office of elder here at Gateway has probably only been in place maybe 10 years or a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, I remember when uh, uh, Blake approached me about being an elder, and uh, my thought that I want to relay to you is there's a a saying that says, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And that's uh, uh, from a verse uh, in Hebrews 13. Uh, and that certainly was the case uh, for me. Um, it was a very humbling experience uh, to be asked to be an elder. Um, it's something that I-, I told Blake, I said, I'm going I'm to have to pray through this and talk with my wife, Kathy, of 52 years. And uh, of course, at the time it wasn't 52, but it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, we did pray through that together, and uh, uh, I finally came to the position that um, that's something I felt called to do. And so despite my uh, uneasiness, I, I really didn't know what I was getting into. Um, uh, I, I felt uh, led by the Spirit of God to go ahead and accept that uh, position. And uh, it's been a, a great experience. I love these guys. As Blake said, we get together a couple times a month for prayer. We read Scripture and pray, and we lift the church and you, some of you individually up from time to time in prayer. So, that's a major portion of our ministry.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think for me, initially, when, uh, mine goes further back than being called as an elder. Mine goes back to when I was called to ministry, and uh, uh, that was in 1992, July 12th, 1992. I vividly remember it. Hmm. And uh, before that, um, let's just put it this way. I wasn't being what I was supposed to be as far as who God says the the, the husband is or the male figure in the family is. I was not the spiritual leader of our family. That was my wife. So it was already all messed up and backward. And uh, through the grace of God and uh, a pastor that challenged me constantly, daily to read scripture, scripture came alive to me. I understood that a uh, spiritual leader in the family should be me. And uh, God allowed me to uh, serve him in capacity as like a volunteer youth pastor. And uh, through that, then got called into the ministry. And the crazy thing about me getting called to the ministry uh, my wife knew it before I knew it. When I told her that I feel like God's calling me to the ministry, she said, I've known that for a while. I was just waiting on uh, you to say something about that. So, uh, but am I amazed by where, where God has me at this point? Yeah. And uh, uh, I guess, again, I would come back to why me? Why me? Why would God call me to be an elder here at Gateway? I haven't been here very long, don't know a whole lot of people, and I still don't, working on that. But I'm just amazed every day that God has called me. Uh, probably a lot of you know Ray Cash. And he always says, uh, "Why would God call a dirt bag like me?" And so I was thinking about that, like Ray. That's kind of harsh. But you know, when you think about that, probably even worse. I probably was even worse than a dirt bag. And uh, I, I'm amazed at where God has me today to be here before you. And uh, I'm honored by it, and a great privilege to be your elder here at Gateway. Mm.
3: That's good. Well, um, when Blake and uh, the other elders asked me to serve, I uh, was kind of in awe. Uh, first, it's a humbling thing to be asked. But then I found out I had to go through this book, this Gene Getz book called Measure of a Man, and it goes through chapter by chapter all the qualifications that a Christian leader in the church is supposed to exhibit. And I had to go through this book with Blake. So we met weekly, and I had to pretty much go through and kind of uh, do some self-reflection. And, and there's actually a challenge because, you know, as I, I hear Paul in, in Ephesians here talking about how he's the least of them, and I'm thinking... He's like on the Hall of Fame of Christians, right? right? Uh, I mean, if there were a Hall of Fame of Christians, his picture would be the biggest. Um, and so here he's saying he's the least. And I've always thought, come on, Paul. You've done miracles. You've saved like you know, millions of people. There's literally a world that's been changed because of work that he's done. And yet he's saying he's the least of them. And then who am I? And, and, but yet the, the flip side of that is we go through this book and I'm like, ooh, here's a qualification I'm good, I check that box. And you can kind of start trying to almost uh, qualify yourself and say, all right, I'm not great, but I'm at least not that bad. And you've got to be careful not to go to either ends of that, because yes, Paul says he was the worst of them, but he also had incredible skills. And we find ourselves being very complimentary in skills and in spiritual disciplines and in um, different areas of expertise and stuff like that. But again, only by the grace of God do we have that. Uh, we're still absolutely not qualified to sit before you and do this, but by the grace of God. So we're very aware of that, and, and we claim that and, and focus on his righteousness that's been imparted into us. It's not our own abilities. And whenever you know we go through valleys, I mean, there's been times, frankly, that I've said, you know what, I'm just not worthy to serve anymore. And I've actually kind of prayed about, do I even need to step down as an elder because of my lack of spiritual disciplines in a few areas? But through God's grace, he keeps reminding me, now I've got you here for a reason. Uh, you're, you're here to help fulfill a purpose. And so in those areas, he's working on with me. But I will tell you, the camaraderie with these gentlemen help keep me more accountable. We ask each other difficult questions, hard questions. I know that uh, I need to keep my eyes pure because these guys are going to ask me that. Um, they're going to ask me about, am I, am I staying faithful in my giving? Am I staying faithful in these other spiritual disciplines and stuff? And so that accountability is incredibly uh, helpful. And I would also encourage that for y'all, if you don't have that, whether it's in a connect group or a small group, ladies' ministries, men, men, men's ministries, that's incredibly important so that we don't try to go through this spiritual journey by ourselves. Absolutely.
0: And you know, I don't want to I, I'm not going to pass on this question either. I don't, get a, I don't get a free pass on this one because you know, I, don't, I may not talk a whole lot uh, about my experience, but m- more, I guess, being called to ministry, like you said, Ron, um, is just that sense that, that I think all of us have of why, why would God choose somebody like me for a role like this? And, um, you know, I, I can totally understand why Paul would say the things that he does there. And, you know, for me, one of the most difficult things is we have been called to proclaim god's truth here and he talks about that in this passage um to boldly proclaim it, and one of the other places by the way where where paul requests prayer his specific request is pray that i may proclaim the gospel boldly as i should and every time i see that i'm like y'all want to know how to pray for your pastor that, that's a great great way to do it um but the thought of of just authoritatively communicating this is what God says that's that's a little bit overwhelming you know to think about who am I to do that but then you you really the answer is it's really not us right it's it really is God doing his thing and that's what I would encourage for each one of you as you maybe read a passage like this if you ever had that sense of well I, I don't know who you know that I'm worthy of serving or I'm worthy of of, of leading out in a certain area in this way. Well, God is the one who equips us for those things. As Rick said, you know, we, we really aren't there on our own. And whatever role that may be, whether that is the spiritual leader of your family, whether that's discipling your children, whether that's working with teenagers or, or kids or adults or whatever it may be, um, God works and, and does his thing through us. So we, we all, I think, can relate to that sense of being less than the least of these And yet, the calling that we have is such an important calling, because in verse 10, it talks, for 10 and 11, it says, His intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to His eternal purpose that He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. One of the things that I appreciate so much about this team of elders, and this is true of our church staff as well, is there is a deep love for the church. There is a love for the church in general but there is a love specifically for Gateway Community Church, for this church here, and, and a, a deep-seated belief that the church really matters and that the work that, that God has called us to is really, really important. So I'm curious just to hear from, from you guys what stands out to you here uh, about what he says about the church, and maybe specifically, what is your desire for our local church body here?
3: Well, uh when I, when I read in verse 10 where it says, His intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. Um, that's fascinating. It, it's through the church, it's through collective that we're to have this wisdom of God manifested. And, and it actually talks about um, how uh, there are mysteries that even the angels don't know. Hmm. And God is revealing this wisdom through the church. That's an important role that the church plays. I saw a quote that I thought was interesting. It said, said, knowledge leads us from the simple to the complex, but wisdom leads us from the complex to the simple. And it's this issue that the wisdom of God is the church is responsible for portraying this wisdom and taking complicated things and making it simple to the world, and we're failing as a collective church. I mean, that's our role in this confusing absolute chaotic world that we're living in the church needs to be the one stepping up to be able to take this complicated set of issues and make it simple for people and we're failing and so that's why it's so important that the church and in fact coming out of covid it's important as we start to come back together in person that we actually use this and and, and cherish it because it's so powerful and we can collectively come back and learn from each other and collaborative learning and and really growing spiritually together yeah, I think that's a good
0: point, Dave. Um, just the, the whole aspect of how we learn together, and, and you talk about coming out of COVID. That, that's one of my big desires, is just seeing the body of Christ back together again, because there's so much value and importance in that. Rick, I think you were going to say something.
2: Yeah, I, so um, when you come to faith in Christ, do you ever wonder, why doesn't God just take me home? Isn't that, after all, our ultimate destiny, right? We're going to be with him forever. In eternity so why does he leave us here well in looking at scripture I think there's two primary re- reasons one of course is the Great Commission God chooses to use us through the power of his Holy Spirit to spread the gospel and that's on each one of us that's not on Blake and the staff it's not on the elders it's on each one of us collectively we are all called to spread the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ and the second reason that I find in scripture is we're to be salt and light. And I, I, I envision sometimes gateway as that kind of light on the hill. I'm um, kind of stealing a, a phrase from uh, Ronald Reagan, a former president, but uh, that light um, is really the love of God that shines through us. How is it that we can love each other so deeply and care for the lost? It's not something that comes from us naturally. Um, we are selfish people. Uh, but through the love of God, God displays that love uh, through us to others and that's real power. Um, We're supposed to make a difference in this world. Um, That doesn't mean necessarily that we should go out and join any political action committee. Uh, Jesus never formed a political action committee Um, but yet the the way he treated people and the way he lived as our model, um, he showed what salt and light should be in the world. And so we're called to make a difference. We're supposed to mm-hmm. stand up for the things of God as outlined in scripture. But we do that with gentleness and humbleness. But nonetheless, we make that stand.
1: Mm-hmm. I think about uh, when I was serving a church in Fort Worth, there was an elderly, elderly lady every Sunday would ask me if I was learning, had learned anything new that week. <laughs> And I knew she was going to ask me every week, so I was like, I can't lie to her, obviously. So uh, it was kind of my standard and goal to learn something new each week. And I think that's how we have to be as well, that if we're to gain in wisdom, we have to learn something new each week, something new when God speaks to us uh, through prayer or just meditation or in Scripture, and His Word, and how else are we going to gain in wisdom? And not only are we, but how is this church going to gain in wisdom unless we're people that are all about that? And uh, it's not... It's not just for us in this time or we would be selfish, like Rick said. It's for eternal, it's for eternal purposes and for eternity for, for those who come behind us as well and uh, leaving a legacy and uh, causing them to be able to grow in wisdom as well. So.
2: Mm.
3: Well, one of the things that, um, back to verse 10, when it's talking about this wisdom being made known, it actually says it should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly yeah. realms. Mm. You know who that is? It can't be God because God's already all-knowing, Right. So who are these other rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms? It's talking about angels, I think. And, and there are both heavenly angels and fallen angels. But it's encouraging to me that uh, fallen angels, Satan, and, and, which is a fallen angel, and, 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 and demons, don't know the future. They don't know these mysteries of God, and God's revealing them through the church. And so that means the church has more power than we realize to battle forces that are going against us. But sometimes the church is kind of inept at using the, the tools, the weapons that God's given us. So that's why it's so important that as a collective that we work together. Absolutely. And, and,
0: and that, yeah, that the church be more than just a place that we come and, you know, encourage each other. And as important as that is, but yeah, there, there'd be a spiritual power. That, I think that's my passion for our church, just to see that depth of, you know, relationship with God. And then we see God working through us. And, you know, as you continue on the, the very next verse, one of my favorite verses is verse 12, where it says, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence, which just blows my mind to think about the fact that we have direct access to God, right? That we, through Christ, can approach him with freedom and confidence. And as I read that, I was thinking about just how different that was from what everybody had experienced up to that point. You know, if you stop and think about in the Old Testament, Approaching God was a really fearful thing. I mean they you know people were were just absolutely terrified if they ever came into the presence of God. And the assumption was that nobody could see God and still live. So if you came into the presence of God, that was it for you. It was it was really a a dangerous thing. And I was thinking about that in Exodus chapter 19. You remember when, when God was meeting with Moses, and of course he would call Moses into um, these, these meetings up on Mount Sinai. And, but just to give us a feel of how, you know, how big of a deal it was to be cautious in how you approached God, uh, Exodus 19, starting in verse uh, 12, says, put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them, be careful that you do not approach the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain is to be put to death. They are to be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid on them. No person or animal shall be permitted to live. Only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast may they approach the mountain. So I'm thinking, man, that, that is a picture of just what a fearful thing. God said, not only can the people not come up on the mountain until I give that signal. They, their animals can't come. If you even get to the foot of the mountain, you're to be put to death. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. And, and then you think about all the ritual cleansings that people had to go through. You know, to be ceremonially clean before you could, could, could worship. You had to go through all this process of cleansing yourself. And then you get to the New Testament. And you get to the cross. And Jesus is on the cross. And, and, and the Bible says that, that when he breathed his last, he gave up his spirit. And it says that this veil that separated the Holy, from, Holy of Holies from the rest of where the people were, that was torn in two from top to bottom. And it was this beautiful picture of God now saying, you have direct access to me through Christ, which just absolutely boggles my mind. Uh, but I love that verse, and I love that reminder uh, that, that we can do that. So wh- what does it mean to you all personally to know that you can approach God with freedom and confidence?
3: Well, for me, I, you know, I I feel like I miss the mark a lot and uh, I think it was uh, Robert Morris once that I listened to when he was talking about missing the mark, you know, sometimes you know if you think of an arrow hitting the bullseye, you know, as Christians we never hit the bullseye Uh, sometimes we fall short and and miss that mark, Uh, but the enemy wants to say, your arrow didn't even hit the the target you know, you're so unqualified and that's that, that, that voice of the enemy that wants to disqualify you and tell you that you're not worthy or you're not capable or you know, God can't use you and that's absolutely not true. Yeah, sometimes we miss the mark, but it doesn't mean we're disqualified. And it's just this constant journey of trying to recalibrate and get back to that mark. Um, but it's incredibly encouraging to me that, that God is saying, I'm here. You can approach me with confidence. Uh, I'm not a vindictive God that wants to squash you and, and hurt you when you make a mistake. That's, that, the price has been paid. So we can actually go before the Lord righteous and holy and clean. Um, So it's very encouraging for me.
2: I I want to talk about God as two sides of the same coin. On the one hand, as Blake relayed from that passage in Exodus, he is the epitome of holiness. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so we ought to approach him with fear and trembling, knowing that he is the creator. He's existed since before time. He's created everything that we see and even things that are unseen and that are being revealed to us. Um, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, So he's to be held in great respect and awe and reverence because he is the epitome of holiness. But then I think about the passage in Psalm 139, which tells me that he knit me together in my mother's womb. He knew me before I was born. He set his heart upon me before I was born. He chose me before I was born. To save me. And he didn't stop there. He adopted me into his family as his son. And scripture says, therefore, we can call out Abba, Father. Abba is a very close personal uh, salutation, it means daddy. So when I come before God, I'm in awe. In reverence of who God is and his holiness. And it reminds me of my unholiness. Only am I respectable through the blood of Jesus Christ because he's already paid the debt for my sin. But by the same token, he loves me intimately, more so than my wife loves me. <laughs> and so with, with confidence, I can come before him and call him Daddy and Talk to him about the things that concern me. Um, and so that gives me great confidence to be able to come before him, not just one time a day, but as I'm learning, as I'm now retired, um, the Holy Spirit prompts me several times during the day to pray for various things, for individuals, for circumstances, um, and, and so I'm, I'm really relishing this time of my life where I feel that I have a more consistent, closer walk with the Lord as a result.
1: And for me, as, um, I guess my freedom came when I was 12 years old when I accepted Christ, because before that, it wasn't a life that obviously would be led uh, by Christ, but uh, uh, as a 12-year-old, that's when I received the freedom to go to Him. And uh, because of that freedom, I have the confidence to um, just to go before Him with whatever it is that has uh, troubled me, whatever it is that I need, Whatever it is, I can go before him have the great confidence. Um, sometimes I, la- I have to laugh at God. Uh, God is in the details, whether you believe it or not. Uh, I don't know if Judd knew that we were going to talk about confidence at all this morning, but the one song that uh, I'm, I'm trying to get the lyrics right here, um, I'm still on your hands. This is my confidence. You've never left me yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where the confidence and the freedom comes from, to know that God is not going to leave us. Even if we've left him, he's not going to leave us. He's going to be there so we have the confidence and the freedom to go to Hmm, yeah one thing that
3: it always encourages me is in the verse in malachi 3 where god says i the lord do not change i hold on to that verse uh because god can't change he's perfect if he could change he wouldn't be perfect and so that he doesn't change when you read things in scripture that we can approach him with freedom and confidence he doesn't change so that promise still holds so as you read promises like this through Scripture, just hold on to that fact that God himself said, I don't change.
0: Yeah, I guess one of the big convictions to me when I read this is, yeah, it blows my mind that you know, I can directly approach God, but then the question is, why don't I do that more? You know, why, why don't I take more advantage of that? Um, and, and that, I guess, would be one of my big challenges and encouragement for each of you too, is knowing that through Christ, you can have direct access to God, let's, let's take advantage of that. And let's, let's do that more frequently. I love what you said, Rick, of this stage of your life, the more freedom and just being, being more sensitive to God's prompting of just throughout the day, you know, uh, of having that direct access. Um, it's an amazing thing. So let me close with verse 13 uh, here. It says, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Um, On this one, I I just want to share kind of on behalf of our elder that isn't here, and that's James Howard, because one of the questions that that we were going to talk about is kind of why do you think he said what he did in verse 13? Don't be discouraged because of my sufferings, which are for your glory. Um, I I love that reminder that when we go through challenges in our lives, um, God is still glorified through that. God doesn't cease to be God because we are going through difficult challenges. And I know that James, if if he were here with us, was planning to share some of his story. So I'll just do that on, on his behalf. I mean, uh, it's been probably eight or nine months now uh, that that he's been trying to figure out what's going on with uh, some stuff um, that's causing him not to be able to do. I just, it's coughing a lot. He's been, by the way, been tested for COVID like eight times and he doesn't have COVID. They keep testing over and over and over again. But the the frustrating thing is they can't figure out what it is, they can't figure out what's going on. And so um, it's very exhausting. Uh, He's continuing to go to work, he's a a principal, uh, continuing to go to work every day, uh, do those things. And yet just, you know, not getting answers. And uh, that, on top of uh, a long time of dealing with migraines and other stuff like that, so we as a as a team, we continue to pray, but i I share that story just to say, um, number one, I would ask you to pray for James uh, and just pray that that they're able to really get some clear direction, uh, and that God just steps in there and, 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 and does what he needs to do to to bring healing for james um, but it's a reminder to me too that. You know, just because we're, we're seeking to be faithful serving God doesn't mean we're immune from challenges and trials. And uh, certainly, <clears throat> Paul, we see that throughout the rest of his life, right? We see that, um, that, that he went through all kinds of, of challenges. And I don't know where, where you might be right now or what those challenges may be that you're facing, but as you go through those things, I just want to encourage you. Um, do not ever let the enemy convince you that because you're going through something difficult that God has somehow turned his back on you or that, you know, there's, there's, there's something maybe uh, wrong with you or else you would never go through any difficult trials. I mean, granted, sometimes we do bring things on ourselves, but there are times that we go through things and we may not understand. We may not see the big picture, uh, but I just want to encourage you with that reminder that God is faithful. And did we mention that we have direct access to God and we can approach him with freedom and confidence. And so as we do go through those challenges, you know, just that reminder um, that, man, God is there. God is, is, is providing what we need. He's all that we need. And so I would just encourage you to turn to him and lean on him with all that you got. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity we've had this morning just to open your word together. There is so much power, Lord, in your word. I thank you uh, for this particular passage and just specifically, Lord, the value of your church and what you're doing through your church and, Lord, how you enable us to have direct access to you. That is truly amazing to me. Um, Lord, I thank you for our our elder body. Uh, Lord, we pray your continued blessing on each of them as, as they serve to help shepherd and guide and lead our, our church. Lord, we lift up James in particular, as we said. We pray, God, together as your people, just for healing for him and, and clarity uh, so that Lord, whatever needs to be done can be done to, uh, uh, to just help him regain full uh, strength and health. Um, God, we're yours, and we ask that you would work through us. In Jesus' name.